0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ramblin' Rev. I am your host, Pastor Scott Dalen, an ELCA pastor in Southwest Iowa, and I present these episodes usually every week for a couple of different reasons, the first of which is to take my brain out of the mode of background work over the course of the week, and move into the process of preparing the sermon that I'll preach to my congregation for the weekend. That is the first reason I do these. And the second is to allow you, the listener, who have graciously given of your time to come by and Listen to me ramble to gain some different insight into the assigned text for the week. So that is why I do these. My apologies here over the course of the last couple of weeks. I have been strangely absent in terms of new episodes. Uh, It's been an oddball couple of weeks with social distancing and life here in isolation and remote work and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera in the time of the coronavirus. Uh, In preparation for last week, I did not actually produce a a new episode, which you may have noticed, though the sermon itself did come out in the uh, podcast feed. This week also, being Holy Week, I've been a little bit lax as well. Now, ordinarily, I would have produced a video in preparation for Monday, Thursday, which as I'm recording this was last night. That, of course, makes today, recording day, Good Friday, as I am sitting down to do this one and produce this episode in uh, advance of Easter Sunday, which is coming up in a couple of days. That being said, here's the crazy, strange, oddball thing. I've already recorded that sermon. I've already produced that sermon because I've already produced the uh, online worship video that will be the opportunity for that as we are outside the realm of actually gathering. So everything is happening in weird, strange, oddball, crazy little directions and timing and everything else in this time. I will ask for grace from you for there because, hey, this is free when it comes to you. So I guess you're kind of at the mercy of whatever I put out. (laughs) Haha, sorry, I got a little strange there. But all that aside, we are going to go ahead and produce an episode today to talk a little bit about the resurrection story for... Easter Sunday, which this year is April 12, 2020, and our gospel lesson this time around comes out of Matthew. We are in the year of Matthew, so it's Matthew's account. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. So I'm going to go ahead and read it now, and then we will get into it. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said greetings, and they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. All right, so that is the reading. That is the story of the resurrection of Jesus. So where are we at? Setting is important. Timing is important. People are important. Mood is important context is important all of these things are important if you're familiar with the easter story you know that is the first day of the week it is dawn on sunday why dawn on sunday are these women going to the tomb to anoint the body of jesus well jesus died on friday and seemingly by the time they got the body of jesus taken down off the cross and got him ready to lay in the tomb it was pretty much nightfall friday night and that begins the Jewish Sabbath the, the Sabbath which is Saturday uh, in Jewish reckoning actually begins at nightfall the day before so at sundown Friday night that's the beginning of the Sabbath and it leads it lasts until sundown on Saturday evening well then why didn't the women come Saturday evening well but they didn't have flashlights they didn't have electric lighting and Jesus body is laying in a cave so yeah they waited until first light on Sunday to go to the tomb and anoint his body to have it there in the tomb for the period of time that no normally would last while his body decomposes into bones, and then the bones would be buried. That's kind of how the whole burial custom worked at the time. So that's why it is now this point. Why do we hear it's these two women? That's important as well. And this is something that we have to back up ever so slightly to the death of Jesus uh, back in chapter 27. And we hear in chapter 27, verse 61, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite of the tomb when Jesus is laid upon it. The women have been witnesses to his death on the cross. When all the disciples and everybody else fled, the women stayed. They watched as his body was taken down. They watched as his body was laid in the tomb here. And that is important because as we come in, they are witnesses to where he was, and then if we catch the uh, general command of the angel. First thing the angel says is, do not be afraid. But then he says, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised, as he said. And then the the angel says to them, come and look at the place where they lay. He, He was here. You saw him. They were witnesses. They were both named in chapter 27, and then they are named here right away as they're going to the tomb. This is all really, really important as we consider all of this items coming together to see what is up with the women. Why are they named? Why is this command what it is? Why all this word to not be afraid? And that's really kind of the sensibility that I'm thinking about in terms of this overarching Easter message. Now, the tomb is empty. That's just a given. Jesus is raised. That's just a given. That's what we celebrate on Easter, and we know it. But what seems to be very prominent, very pressing for me this time, is the sense what the women begin and then what happens. So we can imagine as they're going to the tomb, they're probably pretty somber. Their friend has died, their rabbi, their master, the the man that they followed, this person that they loved, has died. All of their hopes have died with it, and they're going to give one final act. But I imagine that they are sad, that they are mourning, that they are not in a happy mood as they're going to the tomb. And then, lo and behold, this amazing event happened. This divine being, this angel, comes out of heaven, rolls the stone back, sits on it, starts talking to him, tells him, "Hey, don't be afraid," because I can only imagine how freaky that was for him. And then gives them the this command, "You're looking for the man who was dead. He's not here. Come and look." And then, when they see that, then he says, "Go and tell his disciples he has been raised." He has gone on to Galilee. There they'll find him. So tell them to go to Galilee. They're given a command. They're given this message that, that Jesus has raised, and then this command to go and tell about it. The women are the first evangelists. The women are the first ones to carry the message of the risen Lord, the resurrected Lord. And that's pretty important to take note of. But it's in the going and doing it, to go and follow the command to proclaim this good news that they actually encounter the risen Lord. And I think that in itself, it's important for us that we find that as well, that we find the Lord as we go to proclaim the Lord. <laughs> uh, that's That's important, but our experience speaks into that as well. But then Jesus confirms the same message. They come to him, they worship him, and he says, he greets them, and then he says, go and tell my brothers the same thing. Gives them kind of the same command. And he also says the same thing, do not be afraid. So all of this is confirming the same idea that the, the good news, this good news of the kingdom that has come near, that not even death can overcome because now Jesus has overcome it, that's been the message to this point. And now his resurrection is confirmation of that. And the divine being, the angel, which by the way, angel comes from the Greek word angelos, which means messenger. This messenger comes and gives the message and the command to the women, They confirm it through their own experience, their own witness to where the dead body was, and now the dead body is not. And then in the going to tell that, they encounter the risen Lord. And this command is given to humanity. It's given to humans, humanity. We're part of humanity. We receive it as well. We receive it and we too are called to go and proclaim it. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. All of this stuff is going on. This is all happening. And then we're called to proclaim and, the, and the, the risen Lord is out in the world. Now, that's kind of the overarching message that came into the, the sermon that I've already done. <laughs> uh, in fact, that's pretty spot on. I haven't flushed it out quite as much as I did in that. But that's kind of the mentality of what is happening here. So we've got these, uh, the, the somber moment. And we've got all these people who think everything is over, and yet we find it's just the beginning. And even Jesus confirms that. The message comes from heaven, and then Jesus confirms it as well. The risen Jesus confirms it. And then it's to take it out, take it to the disciples, who will then carry it into the world. Now. Where is this at in the overarching narrative? This is right at the end. In fact, after this, the only thing that we hear about in Matthew's gospel before Matthew comes to a close is this little bit of a plot to try and get the soldiers who saw it happen to get them to tweak their story so that it won't be believed. And then, so that little snippet happens. And then the disciples actually go to Galilee. They go to the mountain that Jesus had told them, and there they find Jesus, just like he had said. And we have the Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's the end of Matthew's gospel. That's how the whole thing ends. Now, I love how different aspects of the different gospels end in different ways. It's always fun to consider. Mark's gospel, for instance, stops with the women leaving the tomb. We don't hear about Jesus, or the risen Jesus, or we don't see the risen Jesus. They, we, we don't hear about what happens after that, only that they run away afraid. Matthew takes it on farther. Luke takes it on farther as well. John is different as well. So, all of these different aspects are, are, are present, are these different perspectives of the story. And yet, one thing remains is that Jesus is raised. He is no longer there in the place of the dead, whether they encounter the risen Jesus or not. He's not there. And the other thing that's always the same, that's always important, is who is present. Because even though the grouping is a little bit different, sometimes it's here, it's two, two of the women named Mary. In other accounts, there's more women. In other accounts, there's only one woman. But it's always it's always the woman, either one or many that receive this message. And even though I'm not talking about this in the sermon itself, I think that's important uh, for us to remember, that the first, the first people tasked with proclaiming the risen Jesus, which is the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, you might as well call them a pastor, because <laughs> pastors are tasked with doing that, are women. And so this, I'm going to get political for a second. Uh, No, political is probably not the right word, but I'm going to get um, confrontational just a little bit that anyone who says that women shouldn't be pastors need to review this first. Now, I've gotten in debates with that before. I've butted heads with people before who will try and talk their way out of it. I don't really care. Women should be pastors, period, end of story. I'm going to hop down off that particular soapbox now. And I'm going to kind of wrap this up because that is what is happening. This is a joyful text. It doesn't start joyful, but I think it ends joyfully because we have evidence of the resurrected Lord. And we remember that like the women, we too are tasked to carry this message forward. And we are empowered to be the body of Christ out in the world because Jesus is no longer present physically in the world. Jesus has gone back to heaven, but we are called to carry the message. We are called to be the body now. And that is the joy of Easter. That is the joy of all of this that's coming together. So I want to say thank you for tuning in, listening to me ramble through this. I feel like I've not even taken a breath throughout this entire time because I've been kind of excited about this particular message. Hope that you are doing well. Hope that you're staying safe and healthy in this time of the coronavirus. Hang in there. If you happen to be listening to this on iTunes, you can give a rating and review. That would be spectacular. Always helpful for the overarching uh, activity of putting this in front of other people to uh, be able to access it as well. So if you are willing to do that, that would be great. Otherwise, I hope you have a blessed week. Blessings uh, to you on Easter, uh, on this Easter Sunday. Happy Good Friday as I'm recording this. All of that happy jazz. But anyway, we'll catch you next time. God bless.